as we start, as we start, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we pray we open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. The series we're embarked upon is trying to find out how we should live our lives in a God-shaped world using various characters of the Old and New Testaments. In Daniel's case, Scripture says that nothing could be found that was wrong with him. So I can't stop from that point of view. What I can do, and what you can learn from, is how his, uh, his traits of discipleship came through and how we can somehow put them into our lives and remind ourselves that that's what we need to be doing. First of all, Daniel had a godly upbringing. Right, he was whisked off to exile age of 15 or thereabouts. Um, was it, was it he was born about 620 AD, BC. And that would have been during the time that King Josiah, who was a godly king, was putting a series of reforms through Judah. And he would have seen the effects of those, however, briefly. He's also of noble birth as well. But the most important thing is we look at verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, which says simply this. Daniel was determined in his heart that he would not defile himself by eating the portion of the king's rich and dirty food and eating the wine, the wine which he drank. He was concerned about his relationship with God at a very early stage in his life, and particularly in captivity. But it must have been very hard to do so. God was centre of his life, and an observation is that when he was uprooted from Judah, he wasn't uprooted from God and his ways. Was uprooted from Judah, he was not uprooted from God and his ways. He's aware of God's presence everywhere he went. And um, that's a reflection of Psalm 139. So, well, where shall I go in my spirit? We can't hide from God, and Daniel knew that. Daniel had a very tender heart towards God, and that is seen in the fact he was given a favour in the eyes of authorities, was given to him by God, because he was in touch with God. He knew him personally. We have to ask us the question, is God the centre of our life? So this happens to us, we get favour in the eyes of the authorities. It may be in many different ways. Are we aware of God's hand on our life? I hope we are. It's be part of our witness, part of our discipleship. Daniel also wanted to obey God and please him. So, and so that God gave him all he needed for his career. He gave him wisdom, particularly in Daniel's case, interpretation of dreams, which you heard just now. God knew what lay ahead of Daniel, and he gave him everything he needed, and it's the same with us. Whatever we need in the future, God will prepare us and give us. And in chapter 1, verse 21, we see that God had his servant in a position for about 70 years in a foreign land. That's a long time to be faithful to God in, in a foreign land. And the question we ask ourselves, are we in God's position, the right position, at the time of our life, wherever we are? If we are, we're one of the happiest people on earth, and it will show. It will show. Because it's not necessarily you must stay for 70 years in one place, but if you are, be faithful to him. That's the most important thing to think about. Then we see that Daniel was a man of action. He went and saw the king and said, wait a moment, Majesty, there's a problem here. <laughs> Going to execute all these people and you haven't given me enough time to find out what the dream was. So we did that. And sometimes, God's priorities will demand that we leave our own priorities and attend to his. 
and is God's will our priority at this time? Big question. It's an ongoing question. Then Daniel sought agreement in prayer. Now, this is very wise because he was alone in this, in a sense, but he had some friends. And this happened well before Jesus said in his gospel, um, uh, if any two of you agree about anything on earth, it shall be done for you by my Father who is in heaven. That was the prayer of agreement, and that's what Daniel was doing here centuries before. And lesson here is don't try to do things for God on your own. Sometimes you'll need help, particularly prayer support. And secondly, and also we'll make sure that we don't get the letter deprived, which is so dangerous. And which never can ever fell into later on. Then Daniel gave thanks for the revelation. We should be thankful people. And then we recognize also nothing can stop God from working. He brings light into the darkness. Then also, so he, he, did, he did one bit of the credit. He didn't say, I've done this. He said, God in heaven's done this, and I'm giving you thanks. Let's give God the glory that's rightfully his. And Daniel's humility didn't expose the wrongs of other people. He just said, this is the situation. I'd like to let God deal with it. And he did. So what is the world demanding of us to do the impossible, from our point of view? That we, unless we, uh, we have no persecution if we don't conform to the norm, uh, and we have no pressure. What's a God-shaped world demanding of us? And that is this. We stand up for what is right and be unfaltering in our discipleship because our God reigns and will sort everything out. That's the bottom line. That's a tough line, too. Don't a great deal of faith. And secondly, Daniel was involved with Nebuchadnezzar when he had a, a huge, another dream. This time, the king knew the dream, Daniel had to give the interpretation. But as the old thing of Proverbs says, pride not before a fall, Nebuchadnezzar was a prime target of that situation. And sometimes we're called to give people a warning. Not judgment, we're not perhaps to do that. Humanity, humanity does not like being told, is guilty of pride putting myself first and God somewhere down the list of, of, of priorities. However, it's a sobering thought. Each one who will not bow the knee to Jesus is guilty of pride. Because they'll say, I can manage my, my life better than you can. That's tough. People say, oh, God's a God of love. He's not like that, you know. But this, that kind of word can be a word of destruction. Daniel had the courage not to just put out of the dream what his interpretation was, but also a personal application to the king, and that required boldness. There's a resonance here between Nathan and David, when Nathan said, you are the man. You've done this wrong. It was that person. Never this man's pride had to be undermined in order for him to learn and know that God's in control. And that word known includes through experience. Not as a head knowledge. And the question of us is, do we heed God's warnings? If we don't, we should run the danger of being outside of his will. And sometimes he will allow us to have our own way. And as the psalmist said, he sent leanness into that soul. And I've been there, it's not very pleasant. It's always best to stay in God's will. We know his protection. And have we the courage, like Daniel, to, to obey, not just the interpretation, but also to witness? Do we see the need? How much does a lost soul mean to us? That's a very big question. It means the world to God because Jesus died for that person. And there's an irony in this episode with Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. 
Twice in chapter 4, he says, describes Daniel, in whom is the spirit of the Holy God, for, for the spirit of the Holy God is in you. He knew there was something different about Daniel. He stood out that much. Yet the king didn't listen to the spirit. But he came to realize in that chapter, those who walk in pride, he is able to abase and humble. Not half. Never goes and went through it. But remember also God's grace. Nebuchadnezzar was given a whole year in which to repent, but he chose not to do so. Let's keep short accounts with God. And just in case we enjoy giving a message of judgment to people, the opposite advice is don't give it unless you have tears in your eyes and care in your hearts. We're not called to judge people. If we do, we should be judged. And Daniel knew that because he was shaken by the interpretation. And then finally, God was in the Daniel, in the lion's den with Daniel. We see a new king of Persia, the same problem, particularly of jealousy once again. But people couldn't fault Daniel, so they said, the only way they can do this is get him about his belief in God. And that's happening in this country today more and more. Let's just be aware of that. Again, Daniel described as being, having extra spirit was in him, a reference again to the Holy Spirit. But the enemy said that the authorities against Daniel, not because of the person he was, not everyone he had done, it may be even today, they said people trying to stop the church functioning by getting a law passed to undermine the church in this country. What would you think you would do if you were told that prayer was going to be immediately illegal? That's quite something to think about. But Daniel just carried on as it had happened. Daniel had him in the faith who said, if not, I've got him to deliver, but if not, I'm still going to carry on this course. And that's discipleship for you. Do we persevere under pressure? Daniel did. Or do we give in to fit into society's demands? Daniel's it was making the authorities uncomfortable as it showed up in their values as being shallow, short-sighted, and against God. One of our pastors, pay pastors at Isaiah 54, says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. A good promise, that. It's been proven in my life many times, and Danny knew about it. So Danny was looking for serving his God continually. That sent him as he was going into the dead and the land's den. Not just when he felt like he did it continually. And then after that, anger to the king, I said, Has your God been able? And back came a roar strong in the lands. My God has sent his angels to shut the lion's mouths. Our God is able. Do we live as though we believe this? Many people doubt God's power. But remember, it was all Daniel had to rely on. It was God's power and his faithfulness. And no that was found out from him because he had to trust it in his God. It caused the king to publish a decree which basically was a testimony. Throughout a whole... Persian Empire. But of course, there's no testimony without a test. I think in some ways we can all make like that. Daniel was a pretty good disciple, I think. One or two points to sum up. God was the centre of his life. Wherever he sends you, be faithful to him.
and who gave thanks is what agreement in prayer. He didn't get the glory. And finally, I think that we stand about what is right and be unfaltering in our discipleship, because our God reigns and must sort everything out.